the 28th of September, 2006, episode 49. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Rookie Designer is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. It was recently brought to my attention that much of the Rookie Designer content consists of me kind of drawing from my own experiences, yet I've never really talked in depth about my journey into the world of design and how I actually got to where I am. So that's what we're going to be doing today on this show, which is actually brought to you in part by Wicked Lasers. What would you do if that weak laser pointer you currently have had a hundred times more power? Did you know that WickedLasers.com has a full line of portable lasers that are being termed the next generation of laser pointers? Why settle for a dot when you can draw a line in the sky? According to the Guinness Book of World Records, Wicked Lasers are the most powerful portable laser. Purchased by the U.S. military for operations in Iraq, each laser is backed under warranty with a large support community. Visit WickedLasers.com for full details of this technology marvel. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The contest is still going on. I am actually using a topic that was submitted for the contest that's going on right now. Unfortunately for that person, it doesn't mean that you won. I am waiting to get some more entries, and when we get enough, and hopefully that will be next week, I'm going to put them all in a hat and just kind of raffle it out so all those people will win that that I uh, pick their names. And once again, the prizes that we're playing for, the grand prize is a book that I got from Photoshop World 2006. It includes notes and tutorials from pretty much all the classes at Photoshop World 2006. Uh, The next two prizes down are magazine packages where you get uh, a sample of layers as well as the new Illustrator techniques. And the final consolation prize is a Adobe Photoshop CS2 pen with a retractable script in it that actually has a bunch of the key commands that you'll need for Adobe Photoshop CS2. So again, all you got to do is send me an email. Make sure your name and your physical address is on the email. And what I'm looking for is ideas for either the quick tips show and that's really what I want if you watch the quick tips how about an idea for a tutorial something you'd like to see some kind of functionality or how to use a tool or some kind of cool effect you've seen and, and you'd like me to break it down into a tutorial so you can figure out how to do it uh, if you don't watch that show you can always give me a topic of conversation for this podcast the rookie designer and that will be just fine as well So again, I need your name and your physical address so that I can send you your wonderful prize if you are one of the winners. And like I said, hopefully we'll we'll end that contest next week and I'll be picking the winners and announcing them. I've been talking in the last couple of weeks about the Tell a Friend program. 
And this is where you can bypass actually voting for me on Podcast Alley. And instead, just tell some of your friends that are interested in design. Tell them about this podcast. I'd much rather you did that. Uh, I'm not really that concerned with Podcast Alley votes anymore. But if you still want to vote for me for Podcast Alley, you can do so, and I will appreciate it. Uh, you can still go to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. And there's the little form field on the right-hand side. Just stick your email in there. Click the vote button. You'll receive another email. Click on the link in that, and then you're done voting for me. And uh, if you're real gung-ho about that, uh, you can keep doing that for sure. And they reset the votes every month, so you can vote for me every month if you want to. But again, I'd rather you go just tell somebody that you know is interested in design. Tell them about this podcast and uh, help grow our community even bigger. A couple of news items. The Lightroom 4 beta is now available, and it looks like that's available for both Windows and Macintosh. So you can go up and download that now. I'll put a link in the show notes at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. Uh, But basically, if you go to labs.adobe.com, you'll be able to find it from there. And also, something I've been forgetting to talk about, and well, because of my laziness, I kind of missed out a little bit on this. They actually had a sneak preview of the Creative Suite 3 at the keynote at Photoshop World. And because I'm such a lazy ass, I guess we'll say, I didn't make it to the keynote. So I didn't get to see this, but there's all kinds of rumors going around. And a couple of websites that I found I'm going to put in the bullpen for today so that you can hear some of the rumors that are going around. There's some pretty exciting stuff that's supposed to be coming out in that new CS3. In addition to the whole... uh, having them work natively on the Intel Max. That's just scratching the surface. There's a lot more stuff coming out in those programs from from what I've been reading. So pretty exciting stuff. All right, so as I said, this was actually an entry for our contest that's going on right now. It was sent to, be, sent to me by Jerome Peters. I think that's how you say the name. I'm probably butchering it, but definitely thank you for this topic. It was a very good one and something I never really thought about. And just a warning right up front, if you don't want to hear my life story, if you don't want to hear about me or how I got into design, then maybe this isn't the episode for you. But uh, if you are interested in that, that's pretty much what I'm going to be talking about, how I got interested in design, how I got into the field, what my school was like, that kind of stuff. And I think this does kind of help. To, to hear about this kind of stuff, especially somebody that's been around for a little while, like me. I've been around for about four or five years in the business. So, you know, it's good to hear how other people did it, especially if you haven't gone through it yourself, I guess. So I thought it was a good idea. And, I, and obviously, this is a very easy topic for me because I'm just talking about myself. But also, I, I was kind of counting on having my first interview podcast actually this week and things just kind of didn't work out. So I needed some. I needed a quick fix. I needed something I could put out very quickly, because also uh, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday night because Wednesday night will be occupied by me going and seeing Tom Petty, which I'm very excited about. Anyways, so let's get started. Uh, where to begin here? Let's see. Uh, I was born in. No, that, that's a little too. Uh, that's going back a little far, I guess. How about high school? Let's start in high school. Uh, when I was in high school. I was a pretty good student. I got pretty good grades in pretty much everything, but surprisingly, I was very good at math. I was very good in the algebras. I actually took pre-calculus before I got out of high school. I took it my senior year. And 
when I went into college, I was really cocky. They, they kind of said, well, you should take pre-calculus again in college. And I was like, nah, that's okay. So I went into calculus one, my very first semester in community college. And I was just going to light it up and I was going to be an engineer, I thought. And I got in that class. I was in the class for about four days. And then the fifth day was a quiz. And I had absolutely no clue what the hell was going on in that class. Uh, I was there the whole time. I listened. I tried to study, but it just made absolutely no sense to me. And I am convinced that somewhere in between high school and college, uh, my brain activity switched from one side to the other because all of a sudden I was very interested in the arts. I was a lot, I was, I've always been semi talented in the arts. I'm not one of those people who can just pick up a pencil or a paintbrush and just go nuts and create this masterpiece. That's definitely not me. I'm not a classically trained artist, and it could be my own fault. I was interested in drawing when I was little, but I never took any classes in high school or anything like that, or any classes on the side for like drawing or painting or anything like that. So maybe I could have developed it, but I just never did. But, you know, it was one of those things where all of a sudden, what I didn't even go back to that class to take that that quiz. I was just done with it. It didn't make any sense to me. I, I kind of said, you know, before algebra kind of made sense how everything worked. When you get up into calculus and stuff like that, it's all a bunch of theories that people made up. And it really didn't make any sense to me, so therefore I didn't care. So it was trying, time to find something new. I was in community college for quite a few years, and one of the biggest problems with community colleges is they usually don't have a big arts program. Now, what I was trying to go to, what, what program I was trying to get into at that point was the music recording program. So there was about three classes that I could take at the community college, and then I would have to move over to the university to be able to you know, continue that path. So I did, I took those and they were basically theory and there was one history class, I believe as well. And these were good classes. Um, I finally, I, I did pretty much all of my general education in community college. I took lots of uh, PE classes to fill in the days because uh, at that point I wasn't really that concerned with really blazing through college and really I never have been. Finally, I, I got done with that and I moved on to Chico State is where I went and I got I enrolled in the music recording program. It was great. I, I was doing all kinds of stuff. There was uh, not really performance classes because that was for the performance majors, but you had to do all kinds of, uh, we had to take a piano class. We had to take all kinds of theory classes and, and just other things like that. And it was the first time I was really in a program. I think the coolest thing about universities is that you're in a program like that and you're seeing, you're having a lot of the same people in your classes. You're seeing a lot of the same faces and that's a great opportunity to network with those people, get to know them, uh, get a comfort level and really have some contacts when you guys leave college and get jobs. I've been saying that all along. And also I'd have to say that uh, Chico State is a great place to go. It's in Chico, California, for those of you who aren't familiar uh, it's a great place to go if you uh, if you want a, a cool, very interesting school to go to. It's a great campus, and uh, if you like to drink, it's definitely a good place to go for you. So I was in that college for hmm, about a year or three semesters, I think, and then I I had been actually playing bass guitar that whole time, kind of just by myself. Really, I played with one band just a little bit. But then a bunch of my friends were in bands and 
finally somebody recognized me. They brought me in, tried me out, and then I was in a band all of a sudden. So this is kind of where my music uh, quote-unquote career started. And it started in Chico. And then uh, not too long after that, the guys decided that they were going to move up to Portland. So there was the first big de- big decision in my life. I had to drop out of school and go do that. And I decided that that was a good idea at that time. So I moved up to Portland. I I was up there about three years And that was basically three years of endless crap jobs. And you hear me talk about food service and how much they get paid and how crappy of a job it is all the time. And I'm definitely speaking from experience. That's pretty much all I've done. I was never in retail sales or anything like that. I'm not exactly a people person. So back in the kitchen was always where I was comfortable. So three years of that, um, We did uh, a couple of things. We recorded a couple of albums. We got really close to being signed, actually. And if anybody, I think somebody just emailed me, said they were a singer, I think. Anybody who's thinking about being in the music uh, industry, actually being a performer, trying to make it with a band or something like that, let me just uh, strongly caution you that it's, it's a very hard road. You have to know people. You have to be very lucky. Things just have to kind of work out. And I think there's a lot of people out there too that probably think that once you get signed by a label, even if it's a smaller label, once you get that first deal that you're set. And that's absolutely not the case. Uh, There's a lot of work to be done right at that point when you get signed. And you're definitely not going to be making a bunch of money there. I've had friends that have gotten to that point. uh, Their bands broke up because things were too hard or they weren't making enough money. Um, it's pretty much, it's a, it's a hard life. So if you're thinking about getting into that, just know that right off the bat. And you're probably going to want to have some schooling to back yourself in case things don't work out because in most cases they're not going to work out. So that's pretty much where I first got into the arts was in music. And when I was in high school, I also, I also was in choir and, uh, it was actually my senior year of high school that I started playing bass guitar. So that's kind of where that all got sparked. At the end of my time in Portland, I started to get a little bit interested in graphic arts. And to tell you the truth, I'm not even sure where this started. Um, That was about the time that I got my first computer, which, believe it or not, was not that long ago. That must have been 1999, I think, is when I got my first computer like the first computer that I have in my house that I could use all the time and get on the internet. And I think that's probably what started the ball rolling there, got me interested in it because I was visiting lots of websites and stuff like that. Um, But really, I don't know, because I didn't know what graphics or graphic arts were about at that point. I didn't know what was entailed in that job. And that's really the thing with graphics. I mean, until you get in there and even just maybe take a, a tour of a graphic design program in a school or something like that, it's hard to know exactly what goes into that job. I mean, you can see the end result. You see it all around you. But how do you get to that point? That's something that you may not know unless you actually, you know, get that foot in the door, get into a school program or something and at least check out what's going on there. So one of the first things that I did in Portland I was thinking about going to school there. Uh, I went and checked out the Art Institute, which was uh, just so happened to be very close to where I lived at that point. And we went through and we got the tour from the person and they went over their different programs and 
And then of course the pricing, which is when I said, okay, this school's not for me. That, that school is, from what I've heard, is a very good school, but it's also extremely expensive. And it was very similar to the school that I ended up going to here in San Diego, but it was way, way more expensive than the school I went to. So I was pretty happy about that decision. And then I moved away from Portland. Actually, I got married first. We got married in 2000, and then very shortly after that, we moved down to uh, San Diego, where I am now. So I was going back to Cali. I moved to San Diego originally to be part of a band with some of my other friends. Uh, Some of them were already moving down to San Diego. I initially had plans to move to Santa Cruz to go play with them, and then found out, actually at my wedding, that the one of the guys was moving to San Diego. So I said, okay, well, I guess I can do that. Um, San Diego is very expensive, but Santa Cruz was also very expensive. So I think it was pretty comparable move for in that regard. But not only was I coming down here to, to be in a band, I also was going to go back to school. Because as I said before, I went and checked out the Art Institute. I knew that was kind of what I wanted to do. I just had to find a place to do it. And initially, I thought I was going to be going somewhere like San Diego State, uh, at least one of the universities down here. And then one of my friends told me that one of my other friends had been in a program at a place called Platt College. And maybe it was just fate or something. These things keep happening. But where we lived at that time, Platt College was about five blocks down the road from where I lived. So once again, I made the trek down there. I took the tour Uh, They kind of showed me around, showed me in some of the classes. I think I met some of the instructors. They also showed me projects of students that that had gone there before. Now, I didn't get the whole intro into, like I was talking before, they don't show you exactly what goes into the projects, but you see the end result and you know that a student that went there made it while they were in school. And you can see that it's a very cool thing and you can see it well. You know, I'm going to learn how to do something like that. And that was definitely enough for me. I totally got hooked off of that. So um, they make you take like a little test basically to, you have to have some kind of art background. And you're going to find this if you go into university, at least in the U.S. You have to go talk to the dean of, of that particular program. And you'll usually have to submit something. When I got into the music recording program, I had to submit a tape of me playing bass. I had to have some kind of, you actually had to perform on some instrument to show that you have some competency in the discipline that you are trying to apply to. So it was kind of a, a a little test to see where your art skills are at. Now I said before, I'm not a classically trained artist, so it wasn't anything like that. It was very basic stuff, but it was things that really kind of decipher whether you're a person who who thinks with the the correct side of your brain to be an artist, I guess. So I did that and passed, of course. I think I passed with uh, the bare minimum that I needed to pass with, (laughs) but uh, it all worked out in the end, right? Uh, I ended up playing in the band for four years, and then at that point, we were kind of going nowhere, and which happens a lot in a band, you'll find yourself, it's still fun. You still have a great time doing it, but it's really just not, we had a couple of tours. We had one really bad tour and it wasn't our fault, but it just turned out bad and uh, things just weren't going anywhere. So I decided that it was time for me to go back to school. 
when I went the first time, I completed my associate's degree, and I believe that was in multimedia design. And at that time, they didn't have the bachelor's program. So that's when I, I actually took a hiatus of about two or three years. I think it was two or three years in between before I went back the second time. And that was after I quit the band. Actually, I told them that I was going back to school and they kind of kicked me out, which was okay because they needed to move on at the same time. So after that, I went back and went in the bachelor's program. For my first time around, for my associate's degree, that was the bare necessities. That was the basics. We started out actually doing uh, camera-ready art. If you don't know what that is, it's basically cutting and pasting things to to put down on a page, and then somebody would take a picture of that, and that's how they would get the image instead of actually doing it on the computer. We also worked with things like Ruby Lith, and, and I'm not even going to go into explaining that stuff. I don't know if they do that at every college still, um, but they definitely did it at ours just to show you where graphics has come from, and then they show you where it's going. So then the next thing we did, we jumped on the computers and learned Quark at a very basic level. We did a lot of typography stuff, which should show you something. That was one of the very first things that we learned. Once you're done with that, we moved on. And the way my school worked, it was kind of like rotating classes. So there wasn't a definite path that you were following. You would finish a level, and then you move on to the next level, and it just so happened when I moved to the next one, it was Photoshop. So this next level was you learn Photoshop, you learn Illustrator, and then you learn Quark Express. So those could happen in any any order, depending on when you get into that level. So my first one was Photoshop. And basically, you spend the first week learning the whole interface, learning the tools. And this, go, this goes the same for all of the classes that they had. Because this is the first time you've seen this application, they got to teach you every single thing. Then they would move on to things like making selections, uh, using masks, all the way up to some more advanced topics. So I went through that, and then I learned Illustrator after that. And after that, I learned Quark Express. And you know what? Actually, I got that backwards. The first one I was in was in Quark Express. I remember this because people who had been through the other ones the Photoshop and Illustrator had an advantage because when they made their Quark Express layout, they already knew how to bring in the Illustrator and Photoshop images. I wasn't there yet, so you know mine was pretty limited as far as my layout went. But uh, you go through that, and that was level two, and then you go up to level three, which was basically one class was combining all three of those things that you just learned, but making more complex layouts. So basically using Quark Express... Photoshop and Illustrator to make a decent layout, like a magazine cover. We did a little booklet, like a uh, almost like a catalog type of thing, and more advanced things like that. Uh, the next one after that was um, web design, which was basically teaching you basic HTML, which I've said time and time again, you should probably know. It's a good thing to know. And we used something, we used an application called BB Edit for that. There's obviously much more advanced things out there now like Dreamweaver and GoLive, which actually give you a WYSIWYG, uh, which means, again, what you see is what you get, which means you can actually move stuff around. You can actually see what the page looks like and move stuff around without having to code it. The whole point of us using BB Edit though, is that they didn't want us to be able to do that. They wanted us to learn how to code. So I thought that was a good class. 
Um, because there was, there were things around like Dreamweaver. I don't know if Dreamweaver is out then, but there were comparable applications out there that let you do that stuff. But they wanted us to learn to code the HTML. It was all about how to make good HTML code. Uh, the one after that, what was it? I don't even remember. There was another class in that same kind of level. Uh, there was an option to go on to a level four after that, which I didn't do the first time. When I came back from my bachelor's degree, I did have to do it. But after I finished level three, I went on and did some general education. I only had to take about three or four classes because, like I said before, I did almost all of it at the community college. So that was a good thing because those classes, as you probably know if you're in college, are really boring. But, you know, very useful, right? Because it makes you a well-rounded person which I do believe now that I've been all through them, but when you're going through them, uh, yeah, you really don't want to believe that. So then I came back for my bachelor's degree. And like I said, I went into level four first off, and that was kind of the multimedia level. In there we learned director, which actually has now been kind of replaced at that school by Flash because Flash has become so popular. Director is still used in a lot of places, but it's not real common. So um, Flash is definitely, I think, a better thing to learn at this point, unless you know you're going into some field where you're going to be using director a lot. The next class, the next class was um, Maya, and that's the 3D application that I learned. And this was just like an intro to Maya. It was very basic stuff that we did. I think the most complex project we did, we had to actually model out a whole room. And for me, I did the uh, the band room that we practiced in, which was a little bit complicated, but not too bad. But that was a very good class. And the last class in that level was an intro to Final Cut Pro. So we learned how to, one of the big projects in that one was we learned how to make a trailer for a movie. So very useful stuff there. And this thing was basically to prepare you for the choice of classes that you would have after that. So what you did after that, you had what was called level five, and there was two different ones because each one was very concentrated. So the ones that I picked were 3D animation. So there was three classes about Maya, and one was about effects, one was about um, modeling characters. We did an actual kind of like a video game character. And the other one was about organic modeling. We actually modeled our own head, which was pretty scary. Uh, when you, when you get to the end and you're looking at yourself and, uh, even if you do a good, a good job, it still looks kind of freaky. And then the other area of emphasis that I chose was video production. And this one was really cool. It, uh, it was mostly Final Cut Pro, but we also used After Effects. We also used Soundtrack and a couple other things. And, uh, we actually got to go out and shoot stuff. And that was part of it. We actually went through the whole process. We had some nice three CCD cameras and we went out and a couple of things that we did. One of them was a scene study. So we took a scene from a movie and recreated it as best we could. Another thing that we did was uh, basically just an open project. So what we did in my group was I wrote a commercial parody, like a funny parody, kind of like a Saturday Night Live type of thing. And we filmed that and edited it and did all that kind of stuff. And everyone we had, we had the uh, the DP, the director of photography. We had a director. We had the producer. We had 
somebody that held the mic, the, the mic boom. And we had like a whole crew. So it was kind of, of course it was on a much smaller scale than anything would be if you actually were, were going into film, but it, it gave you a good intro into what goes on there. So we learned about how to use a camera. We learned about uh, directing, directing actors and all that kind of stuff. It was very cool. And then on top of that, you learned advanced topics in Final Cut Pro and After Effects, which obviously is very useful if you go into those fields. So that's pretty much what my school was like. It was a lot of uh, hands-on stuff because it was what you might call like the trade school. Instead of at the university, you would get lots of lectures and you would get some hands-on time, but probably not as much as at my school because it was almost completely hands-on. Now, when you get into the advanced topics, yes, there would be notes, and there are things that you need to know, in, especially in a field like film. You need to know the history of that, stuff like that, but they didn't spend a whole lot of time, and I didn't have a whole lot of tests either. So it was the perfect school for me, having gone to college for a long time already, and I just wanted to get through it at that point because I was already pretty old. When I finished my school, I did do an internship, and I've talked about this in the past. The internship that I had was a pretty crappy one. I went into the office. There was nobody really working with me. There was supposed to be another designer that was there helping me. But instead, it was kind of just me. He would give me work to do. It was just busy work for me. And I wasn't learning anything. So therefore, I uh, I politely stepped down from that. And unfortunately, I didn't go back and get another one. I should have gone back to the school and said, hey, can you hook me up with another internship? I didn't do that. And that's why I always stress the point. Make sure that you do take advantage of internships, whether you get it yourself or whether the school helps you get it. Make sure you take advantage of that because it's very good experience that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. Uh, You'll obviously get it when you get a job, but having an internship and having that experience will help you to get that first job. And as you'll hear later on in this podcast, it was not, uh, it's not very easy for me to get that first job. The Keys to the Game, brought to you by TechPodcast.com. The key command today, we're kind of building off what we did last week. Last week was how to lock an object and unlock an object in Illustrator. Today it's going to be how to hide an object in Illustrator and how to reveal it or unhide it. So to hide an object in Illustrator, on the Mac you're going to press Command and 3, and on the PC, it's going to be control and three. Now, if you want to reveal that, and I believe this works the same way as the lock does, this actually reveals everything that's hidden instead of just the one object that you hid. Uh, to unhide or to reveal something on the Mac, you're going to press command option three, and on the PC, it's control alt three. So when I got out of school and I was all done with everything, it was time for me to go search for my first job. Oh, yay. Well, this whole process didn't really go so well at all. There was very few jobs available. In San Diego, isn't really a place where you're going to find a whole lot of art jobs all the time. There are some places, kind of like San Francisco and L.A., where you can look in the paper or look on Craigslist and just find job after job after job. San Diego is not like that. They're very few and far between. And, uh, you know, I was finding not very many, and I was getting even fewer interviews. 
I think I went on maybe three interviews for this whole first round. And uh, the first one I went to seemed all right. It was pretty much a production job, and that was fine with me at that point. One of the things that I remember from this, and I think I've said this before as well, I went to go show them. I brought in my portfolio. I was all proud. I had all my school projects in there, and I wanted to show him, and he really was not interested at all. He kind of flipped through it, spent about a second and a half looking at each thing, and this is something you might find. This happens quite often. Some people just don't care about your portfolio. And, you know, if it's a production job like that, that's probably going to be pretty common because you're not going to have any say over what designs look like anyways. You're going to be doing what they tell what they tell you to do. The second one uh, was actually kind of far away, and that was one of the first questions they asked. Are you sure you want to drive all the way up here? And at that point, I was like, yes, because I can't find a, a damn job anywhere else. Of course, I didn't say that, but I said, yes, oh, yeah, I'd love to drive up here. This is the one, and I've mentioned this before, I had to take like a skills test. So what this one was, this was pretty much production work too, but it had a little more design value to it. It was actually designing ads to go in the yellow pages. So anybody who buys one of those bigger ads that actually has maybe a picture on it, or it, it has some kind of design value to it, rather than just being uh, set like the rest of the type in the book. So their big thing there is you have to be able to design something that looks pretty good, but you have to also have to be doing it very quickly because, you know, you have a quota to fill each day. So my test was to actually take pieces that gave me a bunch of different files and I had to take those and use some of them and put together an ad. And uh, I pretty much bombed this whole thing. Uh, I got into Illustrator and something happened with my paths and I didn't know how to fix it and I took too long doing it. And also, I believe they have something on the computer where they can track what you're doing. They can go back and see what you did. And uh, well, just to suffice it to say, I didn't do a very good job and I didn't get a call back. So that place was actually very interested and they had me go through my portfolio and tell a little bit about each of the pieces. So that was a better experience there. I like that. But uh, a couple of other ones I don't really remember. So they, they weren't very memorable. I don't think anything that exciting happened except for the fact that I didn't get the job. Basically, I got stuck working at the same sub place job, like a sub sandwich place that I was working at all through school. And, you know, I, I tried. I, was, I think I was working there for about a year after I was out of school. I would look through the paper and do what I could and, and try and find jobs, but there was just nothing there or nothing that was uh, available for my skill level. So I was there at the sub shop and something was going down. I'm not going to get into details, but something was going down. And the corporate place was actually going to take the store back from the person that owned it. And on the day that that happened, actually, it was, it was going to be the next day. So my very last day there before corporate came in and I was, I was out of there anyways, I got a call from a temp agency. I'd been talking to a temp agency and it wasn't actually for graphics. I think I believe I said, if there is a graphic job, I'd like that. But at that point, I didn't even know that there existed places that would place you in graphic jobs. And again, I probably didn't have the experience to be doing the, doing that anyways. So this was just a regular temp agency. So I got a call from them and they said, okay, we have this job for you, which thank God it came up when it did. 
because I was having to leave the next day. And I went to the company that I work at now. When I started there, I was more like a production or assembly type person. So my company makes GPS units for cars, and I was basically putting those things together. I worked there for about, uh, it was probably only about six months. And then they decided that they needed someone part-time to make graphics, to, to support the web designer, to make graphics for the web. And uh, of course, I stepped up and said, yes, I have, I have those abilities. I can do that. So I started doing that. Not long after that, probably about a couple of weeks or a month into my doing that job, the marketing department found out and said, oh, well, we could use you for flyers and magazine ads and all this other stuff. So I started doing that as well. Basically, this whole thing just turned into a full-time job of me being the do-it-all graphics person. And that's where I was up until about, actually about a week ago. I announced before that I got a new job. It is with the same company and I'm doing web design. I'm actually going to be doing some of the other stuff that I, some of the other responsibilities that I had before will still be mine. But my main uh, full-time gig now is being the web designer. And that is uh, taking control, updating all the pages and the graphics and everything that goes along with that. And uh, controlling the look and feel of our website, which hopefully soon will include actually making the website my own. Right now I'm taking over someone else's design. So basically I'm learning where everything is. And let me tell you, that's one of the hardest things to do is to come in on someone else's work and have to figure out what's going on, get yourself acclimated to how they set things up, how they, where they put things, how they, what naming conventions they use. And I went over all this stuff in the episode about organization, but this is where you really see how important that is because I'm coming into someone else's world and I have to figure out where things are. And it really helps that that person organized everything a certain way. So once I get used to that way that they organize things, it makes it that much easier for me. But once I get up to speed on that, then hopefully I can start actually changing things and making my own design out of it, which will be cool. So that's pretty much uh, where I'm at right now and, and how I came to be where I am. Kind of an unconventional way of getting into the world of design, but it worked nonetheless. And I've said this before, don't be discouraged if you have a hard time getting that first job because it is the hardest job to get, really. Um, a lot of people don't want to uh, spend time training somebody or getting them up to speed. They want somebody who can come in and just perform right away. So, But there are jobs out there that are like that. And some of those jobs are those production jobs that aren't going to require a lot of design on your part. And you know maybe this isn't the type of job you want to start out, but it's going to be a job that's going to be easier for you to get. And it's going to give you the experience that you need to move up a level and get that other job that you did want. You know, if you work there for about a year or two, then you'll be ready to move on. So definitely don't pass those up if that's all you're looking at. On the side, I do have my freelance design business, which actually is going very slow these days for a couple of reasons. One, I'm not very good at getting clients. I'm not a big talker which sounds kind of funny because I talk to uh, like 2000 people every week, but I don't actually have to talk to your face. So it makes it a little bit easier. Um, and speaking of the podcast, I started this podcast back in October. For those of you who haven't been around for since the beginning, I started it as kind of a, 
a new thing to do. It was a brand new technology that I found out about and I love trying new stuff. Basically, that's how I got into it. I was going to do a different topic, but somebody else was doing it. So I was looking for something and I thought design, you know, I know, I know enough about design to probably do something. And then, you know, I heard it's, it's good to be very niche so that you have a specific audience that you're talking to. So I thought, how could I do that? Well, there's lots of podcasts that speak to people who understand a lot of things, who have been in for a lot of a, a lot of years, been around design for a long time. So maybe I'll speak to, you know, blah, blah, blah. You got the rest because you're listening. But anyways, um, it's a very cool thing and it's it's really changed my life in a lot of ways, other than the fact that I have to spend a couple of hours every week doing it. But I, I've really gotten a lot out of it myself. Uh, one of the things that I didn't really expect is that I'd be learning a lot too. I learn from the people on the forum, people who send me emails. I learn from myself because I remind myself of things because I'm actively going out and searching and saying, okay, what are the things that you really need to remember? And then it makes me re remember them. So it's, it's been good for me that way too. The freelance gig, it's cool. I would I would encourage anybody to do it, especially if you have maybe some money to put into a system, or if you already have a computer in your software, then you're all set to go. Basically, the good thing about freelancing is your only costs are going to be setup costs to get that computer, to get the software, and then you can do all kinds of jobs for people and pay that stuff off. Now, if you're good at talking to people and, and acquiring clients, this is going to be a very good thing for you to do. If you're not, it might be a little slower going, might be a little harder for you like it is for me. So you just got to stick with it and you got to really work on networking with people, telling everybody that you know that you have a business and stuff like that. And eventually it'll come around for you. But, um, well, I guess that's pretty much where we're at. That brings you up to date for where I am and uh, kind of where I came from and why I wanted to do this podcast. And again, let me just say this podcast would be nothing without all the people who listen and contribute either through emails or through the messages that I get in my Skype or on the forums. I, I definitely appreciate all your guys' input and uh, you make this show what it is really, especially things like this where somebody sends in a topic and I've something that maybe I wouldn't have thought of. And then all of a sudden I end up doing a great podcast from it. It's uh, it's definitely a give and take thing and it's working very well so far. And hopefully it'll keep working for the next uh, couple of years or so. <laughs> I don't want to uh, predict too far into the future how long I'm going to be doing this, but uh, it'd be nice to keep it going for a while, for sure. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. I'm going to relate the uh, rookie mistake to the last thing I was talking about. And it's really to not be afraid of the unknown. Make sure you try your hand at new things. It worked out for me. I tried out the, the whole podcasting thing and we're almost at a whole year now and things are going pretty well. I'm getting lots of good feedback from people. I'm finally gotten out of that uh, newness factor to where I cared about voting and all that kind of stuff. Now I don't really care. Now it's more about just giving information to people who want it and helping people out and uh, getting that great feedback from people saying that they're actually were helped by me or were inspired. That's, that makes it worth it to me. That's that I think is very awesome. So, you know, if there's something that you've been thinking about, maybe I want to try my hand at this. 
Maybe you do print and you want to try some web design, or, or maybe it has nothing to do with design. Uh, maybe it's just you know more something more general in your life. Don't be afraid to try new things because great things can come out of that. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. I alluded to the fact that the bullpen was going to consist of actually a couple of different web pages, and it's mainly just gossip, but the good kind of gossip. Uh, as I said before, I was completely lazy and didn't make it to the keynote at Photoshop World 2006, and because of that, I missed out on a very big announcement. They give kind of a sneak peek of the Photoshop CS3, which is nicknamed Red Pill, and actually the whole Creative Suite 3 in general. So the sites I'm going to be sending you to, one of them is, it's like a blog entry, and it was somebody that was there that actually got up in time and went there. Yeah. And um, they have like a little paragraph that they wrote about it, something very exciting um, with, the, with the new Photoshop. So definitely give that one a read. And the other one kind of goes through all the different products and some of the, it rumors some of the new features that are supposed to be coming out in like Illustrator CS3, Photoshop CS3, that kind of stuff. So definitely check those out. They are supposed to be releasing in the spring of 2007. One of these articles actually says that it might be sooner than that. So if you want to hear more about that, go check out the sites. You can find them in the show notes, rookiedesigner.com slash rookie. Let's go ahead and keep our Telefriend program going. If you know somebody that's interested in graphic design or design in general, any kind of design really. We have all kinds of designers that listen to this show. Anyone who's interested in the field maybe, or maybe not in the field, maybe they're thinking they might want to go to school for it. If they have any any interest at all, tell them about this podcast. If they don't know how to subscribe, please help them to do that also so that they can get uh, this uh, the content that we're putting out there. The contest. I'm thinking that next week might be when we finally end the contest and announce some winners. So if you want to get your entries in, please do so ASAP. And what I need from you is an email. You can send that to adam at rookiedesigner.com. In the email, I would like you to give me an idea for quick tips for designers, an idea for a tutorial, or an idea for a topic of conversation on Rookie Designer. And accompanying that, you will need your name, which most likely should be on there anyways, and a physical address so that I can send you a prize if you win one of the prizes. You're going to want that. As always, you can contact me if you would like to ask me a question or make make a suggestion about the podcast or just basically shoot the bull. You can email me, adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username titanstrides, or you can use the call-in line, which goes to the same message, and that's 619-573-4043. And add the one in the country code if you're calling outside the United States. And let me just say again, if you use that or you use the Skype, most likely I'm not going to answer. It's going to go to the message service. So if you don't want to talk to me, you are not going to have to. You're, you're just going to be leaving a message for me. So those of you out there who are shy and don't want to talk to me, don't worry about it. You can also go to MySpace, myspace.com slash rookie designer. You can become my friend or just send me a message either way there and uh, become part of that group as well. Again, let me thank everybody for listening, for subscribing if you do so. 
And if you don't, you should subscribe so that you don't miss any of the shows. But uh, definitely a big thanks to all the people that have been with me for a long time, for 49 episodes, and uh, a special welcome and thank you to all of those who may be new listeners. And all of you, new or old listeners, just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.